Hey there, boys and girls. It's Harlan Williams here on the Harland Highway Podcast. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the show. We don't have many left. I'll talk about that when we get to the other side of the intro. Ooh, man. Um, also, uh, later in the show, towards the end, it gets a little political. You can tune out if you don't like it, but uh, one of the pavement pounders calls and wants to talk to me about the Mueller report. He's not happy with my my uh, opinion of the uh, Mueller report. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I offer him an explanation of uh, my opinion of the Mueller report. So that's at the very end. If you don't like political stuff, you can tune it out. I put it on the end on purpose. But meanwhile, running up to that, we've got some cool stuff. Uh, I found another street talker, one of these crazy ranters walking through the street, and I recorded recorded their screaming and yelling on my cell phone, so we'll analyze that. And then a big week in politics for Donald Trump. Uh, yesterday, he stepped over the North and South Korean border and shook hands with Kim Jong-un. So who better to talk to about it than Kim himself? Yeah, that's right. Kim Jong-un in the middle of the show is going to call in and tell us how the handshake and the meet and greet with Donald Trump went. This is historic. Nobody else has Kim on their podcast, just me. So put your helmet on. This is the Harland Highway. Do you know my name? It's on the marriage certificate. I've never seen you before in all my life. Hold on to your airbag. You heartless you're riding down the Harland Highway. When you see a fallen star, that means a witch has just died. You clumsy idiot. The Harland Highway. All I want is to hear people say something again and to see people moving again. I'm Floyd Bernie, the Rockabilly boy. Don't you understand? You're listening to Harlan Williams. I can't be your daughter. I'm a machine. Man, you've been dead a thousand years. Why, George, I think he's got it. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harlan Williams. What's up, Doc? Mister, if you don't lose, you're going to lose right now. Don't leave me here! Okay, I gotta say... I'm starting to feel a little emotional. I'm starting to feel it. I'm I'm not joking around. I'm I'm starting I'm starting to feel the ending coming. The ending of the Harland Highway. I can see I can start to see the end of the highway. I'm starting to see like the signs on the side of the road, the flashing lights where it says freeway ends in 50 kilometers. I'm, I'm feeling it, man. I don't know. Are you feeling it? I'm actually starting to feel it in my gut. It's like kind of like I'm feeling a little sad. The the highway as we know it is is as I announced is coming to an end, and it's 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 you know it's not something I want to do, but it is something I want to do. And. Um, we're down, this is episode 999, and next episode should be the last episode, but one of our clever pavement pounders dug into the archives and due to my bad counting, discovered that uh, I miscounted and, and screwed up with a few of the postings and actually cheated the pavement pounders out of three episodes, I believe. I got I to gotta check his email 
But uh, so apparently, even though we're hitting a thousand, I'm doing three or maybe four bonus episodes so that technically we're actually at one thousand. So you better give thanks to to uh, let me see. I got his email right here. Could you have me that email, Raj? Yeah, that's Raj. Uh, let's see. Dan Ghost. He's been a longtime fan. So, yeah, um, we missed out on some episodes. So it looks like three, three of them don't exist. So thanks to everybody. Thank Dan Ghost. You're getting you're going to get one thousand and three. But technically, it's only a thousand because I'm a dumbass. But I'm starting to feel it. Like after a thousand episodes, after doing this for, what are we doing it, nine, ten years now? We've been riding down the highway? And we're down to like the last like three, four miles? I, I'm, I'm, my stomach's starting to churn a little. And I don't want to make this show a downer. This show's always about up, up, up. But, you know, I'm just telling you how I feel emotionally. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little, you know... A little melancholy, whatever that means. Melancholy Calkins, the, the guy from Home Alone 4. Um, so uh, so we're going to do it. We're going to get into it. We're going to make the, the last remaining shows great. Don't worry about it. But I just wanted you to know, I wonder if you're feeling it uh, as well. I, I bet some of you are. And then some of you might be like, thank God. You know, I don't really like the show, but I, I kind of have been tuning in just because I'm kind of in the habit. And I thank God when this habit ends, it's like smoking. Make it stop. No, I'm just kidding. But you never know. I've had some pavement pounders who, who wink, wink, tell me they don't listen. They'll, they'll phone and leave me a message. I go, I'm not listening to your show anymore. I don't listen to your show because you said this and you said that and... I'm thinking to myself, well, if you're not listening, how did you hear what I said? Wink, wink. So over the years, we've had lovers and haters and people that are somewhere in between and ones that were on the highway and got off and came back and some who have, have uh, called me, uh, you know, a piece of crap and some that have asked for forgiveness because of things they said and some, some that think I should apologize and we've had everything, man. And that's the beauty of it. That's I got I got no no grudges or any ill will towards anybody. That that's that's what I loved about this uh, this format. It's an open forum and people can express themselves. Mostly me, but you are always invited to call in and chime in and uh, and many of you did. You wrote emails and you uh, you called. And, uh, and that's cool. In fact, we're going to take a call towards the end of the show. Roger tells me we got a call uh, involving politics. I guess the, uh, the Mueller report with Donald Trump. So as I always do, because some people can't take it, they don't like me talking about politics. Although I'm going to talk about, um, about uh, Trump's visit uh, to Japan. And I ha- Roger told me we're getting a call from Kim Jong-un regarding Trump's meeting that they had yesterday. So we're going to have some comedy politics, and then right at the very end of the show, I'm going to get into some real stuff. 
because a pavement pounder prompted me to get into some real stuff. You know, he asked a question and I'm going to answer. So just fair warning for those of you that are emotional and can't handle it and don't like differing opinions or think you're right and everyone else is wrong or just think I'm a an a-hole for speaking my mind, I am going to be talking about some political stuff and I'm putting it at the end, okay? And, I'll, and when we get to that point, I'll, I'll give you a fair notice. Because so many of you get so upset if I talk about anything about the American president that you all loathe. So uh, you'll have tons of time to bail out, jump off the podcast, and not listen right at the very end. But up until then, oh, you're going to have the best time ever. There's no politics. It doesn't matter who you are or what you believe in. Uh-uh, baby. It's just fun time. And weird time. Speaking of weird time, let's get into it. Raj, do you have the clip? I was I was out in the streets recently, and you know me, I've always whenever I hear someone yelling and ranting, like it's usually a homeless person, and yes, they probably have mental disorders. And uh, in no way am I making fun of these people, but I call them screamers or yellers. These are the people that walk down the street just screaming or talking to themselves. They're yelling profanity or they're, they're just like spouting off about stuff. But, but what, I, what I love about it, and I, I don't love that they're sick. It makes me sad, actually, and I'm compassionate and, and I hope they get help. And I try to help where I can, giving, you know, little handouts and, and whatever I can do. But if you take away all of the, uh, the uh, stuff that's problematic, I find at the end of the day, because I'm so fascinated by the human mind and the human brain and how it works and how all our brains work, and the depths and the levels and, and the areas of the brain that have never been mined, they say we only use 10% of our brain, which frightens me and fascinates me. Um, so when you get these people that are so carefree and, and have no filter and just start yelling, just letting, letting it bubble out of them, I really find it fascinating because it's an anomaly. How many of us really just let loose? How many of us just let our thoughts pour out of us loudly and in the center of town? And whether it's someone with a mental issue or it's someone who's got their crap together, it doesn't matter to me. I just, what I find fascinating is the content. I like listening to the words and then I start trying to wrap my mind about, well, why, why are they saying that? What is their point of reference? What happened in their life that made them talk about that? What is it that's making them yell about this thing? What is it? And it could be just that they're, they, they have mental issues, which I, again, say is very sad. And they just, they're just, there's no rhyme or reason. Or it could be deep-rooted. It, it could go to something that happened to them in their life. What, maybe they did military service. Maybe they were t- traumatized as a child. Maybe they had a traumatic head injury. Maybe they were demented by drugs. Maybe they just, who knows, but that's that's the that's the uh, intensity of the human brain, right? And so I don't follow these people and record them to mock them or make fun of them or demean them in any way. What I follow them for is because it's so unique to hear a, a yelling voice, and I follow them to try and capture what's coming out. 
and I guess in a way I like to psychoanalyze it or just hear it. And, and it, it's actually, I, I think maybe you guys will find it fascinating too. And, and it's kind of scary when you're in the street and, and someone's yelling just loudly and kind of violently and randomly. And, you, you know, you don't know what they're going to do. You don't know if they're safe, if they're dangerous. You know, as, as human beings, as a collective society, we're all... We're all kind of pretty civil and very contained. When you think about seven and a half billion people on the planet, we're all we're all pretty contained. I mean, when was the last time you just wandered down a sidewalk yelling at the top of your lungs for half an hour? It probably never. And ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of the human race is like that. So when somebody just lets loose, I just find it incredibly fascinating. And so uh, I captured a guy. I put my phone on, and I purposely walked near him. And I don't know if it's just if it's just like incoherent or whether there's there's something in there. But why don't we listen to it? And then on the other side, maybe uh, I can psychoanalyze it along with you guys, and we'll see uh, what we kind of uh, determine from uh, from this street yeller. So, Raj, play the clip. Here we go. Wow. So there you go. Uh, you know, I, I heard something in there about a club iron. It sounded he st- sounded like he was uh, trying to get into a store. I heard him. Uh, he uh, right near the end there. He he addressed uh, I guess a Mexican person as a spick. I heard him say the word spick. And in case you're wondering, there were some some Latino dudes down the street. And as I was walking past this guy, uh, a Latino dude was walking towards him. And this guy looked kind of badass. He had tattoos on his faces and on his face and on his arms. And, uh, and that's the guy that said, Hey, you stop yelling. I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. He walked right by me. And as I walked further down the street, I realized he came from a tattoo shop. So I don't know if he's a tough guy or just an artist covered with his own ink, 
but um, he wasn't going to have it. And just so you know, this guy, this guy was probably like 45, 50, average height, average build, ratty old beard, long tangly hair, like just looked like a typical, you know, looked like a typical kind of crazy homeless dude, unfortunately, like that most of them do. And uh, so I couldn't pick out anything super discernible in that rant. Something about a store, and at one point I thought he said he had a gun, and then he, I think he, when he's talking to the guy, he said, can I have permission to talk? So he came kind of submissive, which is something I always wonder about these guys. It's like if you engage them, you always feel like, oh, man, they're going to flip out and, like, jump on you and start stabbing you. But then there's the other component where you confront them and they get totally like the opposite. They get very uh, frightened and pull back and maybe they're not accustomed to dealing with people and communicating and interacting. So they become uh, very frazzled. I mean, look, the, 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 the the unstable human mind must be a delicate place. On all, on all ends of the spectrum, from violent to very frightened to everywhere in between. So, again, this is why I find it fascinating. And uh, as I said, in no way making fun of the plight of these people. Just very interested in where that, that just kind of freeform yelling, what it means, where it comes from. Now, with this guy, if I'm psychoanalyzing, I'm not sure. I, I don't know that I picked up on anything that would give me an insight it sounded just like, you know, he was standing along a, a street full of storefronts. And it, from what I could pick up from this, this rant, it sounded like maybe he had tried to get into a store and he was rebuffed and he was venting and yelling. And, and even when he talked to the tattoo guy, he was, you heard him mention something about, I couldn't get into the store. Or they wouldn't let me in. So maybe that's all it was. But uh, I thought I'd play it for you. I always find it fascinating. And uh, if you guys have any other interpretations, let me know. Um, and we'll leave it right there. Um, now, let's let's switch gears because history was just made. Uh, oh, my God. Our, our, our president, our boy, Donnie, Donnie Trump, I call him, Big Donnie. The guy goes over, and th- this is what I said about Donald Trump. You you can hate him or like him, okay? Don't don't jump on me about Donald Trump right now. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk about the man as a personality, okay? You can love him, you can hate him, but when I first started talking about him when he jumped into the race, I said this is a guy that's doing everything out of the box, okay? This is a guy that's gonna do everything different. He's a maverick. He's gonna do it out of the box. And whether you like me or hate me, I would have said the same thing if Donald Trump was a Democrat. I would have voted for the guy because I said way back when that this country needs something to change. It needs a shift from the same old politics that have been going on through Clinton and Bush and Bush uh, Jr. and, you know, all of them and Barack. It's, it's just kind of we've been riding this plane and in my opinion, things weren't getting done and, and change wasn't happening. And, and it, I, I feel like it was just hurting the country. And so when Trump came along, whether he was Democrat or Republic, I was like, man, that's what, that's what the system needs, whether any of you want to acknowledge it or not. I said it back then. When a system becomes too complacent, it needs to be blown up. 
It needs to shatter. It needs to drop to the ground and rebuild. And usually when that happens, it's usually stronger. Uh, Sometimes not, but in most cases. And when something becomes repetitive and redundant and ineffective, as I feel the government has become over the last many decades, you need a disruptor. And whether you love him or not, Trump was the guy. And if he had come in on the Dem ticket or the or the Republican, I would have said the same things about him. And I would have voted for him on either side. Um, and so um, and so here's this guy who, who has this different take on foreign affairs. Here's a guy who goes right at the other countries. He's not passive. He's aggressive. He's not letting people take advantage He's letting them know he's using tariffs as a way to barter, as a way to uh, have leverage. None of the other presidents have done them. None of them have had the spine. None of them have had the wherewithal. None of them have had the courage. And so this guy's just dropping bombs all over the place. And, and you might be rolling your eyes right now, but he's getting freaking results. And that's all I ever cared about, results. He's moving the needle on all these countries, on all the trade, on all the everything. And, and so here he goes. He does an impromptu meeting with Kim Jong-un in North Korea. Like he literally asked the guy if he wants to go shake hands on his Twitter feed. I mean, who does that? And guess what? The guy said yes. And guess what? You could go, oh, my God, since when does the president take, take North Korea so lightly and this and that? But if, if, you, if you throw away all your emotions and all the politics and you look at the psychology of what the man's doing, stop thinking of, uh, thinking of him as your president. Thinking, think about your president as you. If you were him, if you lived on a street and you had a horrible neighbor, okay, the person that lived next door to you, was blaring music and was was being antagonistic and was staying up all night and throwing dog feces on your lawn and everything. It's like you can just ignore them and you can fight them and you can call the police on them and you can you can put a wall up between him and you and all all the stuff that that you know you you'd probably instinctively want to do. And then after sixty years of it not working which is kind of what's happened with North Korea and the United States. After 60 years of zero movement, you have to go, you know what? It's time to change tactics. It's time to think outside of the box. It's time to switch gears and try something. And so here's this guy, Trump, that's visited with the guy three times in less than three years. He's kind of developed a friendship, even though we have to acknowledge that Kim Jong-un is a tyrant and a bad guy and the devil in disguise. He's not a good guy. Trump knows this, but Trump is good at it. It's just like what Trump did when he was a socialite in New York. He knew how to shake hands. He knew how to do the fake smile. He knew how to go to the right parties. He knew what to say. He knew how to rub shoulders with the uppity ups. He knew how to become friends, and he knew how to call in favors. And believe me, that is an art, ladies and gentlemen. That is a skill. And if you don't think it is, then just look at the CEO of your company and wonder why they're the CEO and you're working in a cubicle, okay? 
because it's 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 an acquired thing. It's it's like acting. You're either a good actor or you're not. You're a good comedian. Or you're not. You're you're good at 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 working with people or you're good at manipulating people or you're good at understanding how to get through to people. And I don't think Donald Trump would have been a huge successful developer that created his own empire and manipulated through through the, uh, the, the labyrinth of, of politics and power and money and people in New York City. I mean, let's be honest. If you hate the guy or not, he, he, he knows how to do the dance, okay? And so what he's doing, in my opinion, and I could be a moron, but in my opinion, he's kind of setting the table where he's creating the illusion He's using a different tactic than any other president, but he's creating a lo- an illusion that, hey, Kim, we're buddies. I'm your friend. I'm in this part of the world. Why don't I just pop over and shake hands? Hey, why don't I do the unthinkable that no other president, you know, sitting president has ever done? Why don't I step into your country and tell you that it's an honor? Because let's face it, all of you, let, let's break down human psychology, okay? All of you. Sooner or later, if your worst enemy keeps complimenting you and shaking your hand and patting you on the shoulder and telling you it's an honor to be with you and blah, 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 that's just human nature. It's called breaking down somebody's wall. It's called cutting through the ice. And Donald is still being very tough. He's got the toughest sanctions ever imposed on North Korea. He's getting results. They've stopped sending testing their major nuclear missiles. They released the hostages. They sent back the remains of the deceased soldiers from the war. No other president has been able to do that. So that's huge progress. And now what Donald Trump is doing, in my humble opinion, I could be wrong, but he's using the psychology of friendship and kindness and companionship, and he's creating a friendship. Let's face it. In life, who are you more willing to want to appease? Who are you willing to want to make, want to like you more? Who do you, it's friends, okay? You want to do things for your friends. You want to go out of your way for friends. You want to, you want to make your friends like you more. It's reciprocal. And so Donald Trump, I hate to say it, he probably freaking hates Kim, okay? He probably hates his guts. This this is a this is a tyrant that murders his own people, murdered his own brother. The things he did to Otto Warmbier, I'm pronouncing the name wrong, but the young boy that was held in captivity and tortured over there and died. I mean, the, the hostages. The, Trump probably hates them. But Trump is smart enough to know how to put on the fake face and the flashy smile and the handshake and slowly break down the veneer of this this guy that's been living in the dark ages, who's been a pariah, who the world loathes and hates, and he knows it. And nobody wants to reach out. It's it's like it's like the from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the island of the of the broken toys or the lost toys or whatever they are. Nobody likes a Charlie in the box. You know? And so Trump's reaching into the darkness and going, hey. What if instead of, you know, batting heads with this guy, why don't I be the, the hand that reaches out of the shadows and says, hey, buddy, how you doing, buddy? I'd really like to work with you. You know your shitty country? 
Yeah, I'd like to make it as shiny and new and prosperous as your sister country, South Korea. You know, South Korea used to look like you, impoverished, a horrible economy, people suffering. And they gave over to the good side, or as Kim probably thinks, the dark side. And now South Korea is is one of the most prosperous, advanced countries on the planet. And Donald's reaching through the darkness as a friend. And by the way, Kim's not an idiot. He probably knows it's all a fucking show. Kim probably knows it's all just smoke and mirrors. But at the end of the day, Kim probably likes it. He's probably like, you know what? I kind of like it that an American president, the most powerful man in the world, is, is trying to reach me on a different way, on a different playing field. Kim probably goes, I know I'm a cunt. I want to be a cunt. And I bet somewhere in the back of his evil, thick brain, he's probably going, you know, I kind of admire a guy that's willing to do things different, to, to reach through the fog and take a different approach. And, 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 and it's not the wrong strategy, man, because the last 60 years have been nothing. And don't forget, you know, Kim is being leaned on by China, the other superpower in the world. And so, so Kim's probably feeling, you know what, maybe I don't have to be China's puppet. Maybe I got a buddy on the, on the lighter side that maybe, maybe this is real or maybe there's something to it. I mean, I could go on and on, man, but it, but it, it, you know, it, it, it takes, it takes whether it was Hillary or Barack or Donald Trump, it, it's, it's going to take that kind of out of the box thinking, trying something completely different to try and move the needle. And if you ask me, it's brilliant. Do I like seeing Donald Trump going? Uh, we're great buddies, and, and Kim Jong-un, is it's an honor to, to do this. and It's all theater, man. Trump's got to say that. He's got to make Kim Jong-un believe that Kim Jong-un has a friend. And by the way, when Kim Jong-un steps out of the shadows, he actually will have a friend. Okay? And what Trump is doing is he's luring. It's, it's like a fishing lure on top of the water. And he's slowly luring Kim out of the weeds. And it's not to take Kim to slaughter. He doesn't want to lure Kim out of the weeds to pull him in the boat and smack him in the head. Okay? Trump wants to lure him out of the weeds and show him that there's a way bigger, better, fresher, cleaner, more prosperous lake on the other side of the, uh, of the moat. And Trump's saying, come on out of the weeds. You know it and I know it that I'm just playing you. But trust in me. Look what I'm doing. I'm trying to reach you in a different way on a different level. And let me help you get over the moat into that new lake where your people can prosper, your country can prosper, your land can prosper. And I think the biggest thing that's probably holding Kim back is that he knows if he goes for it, he will free his people. He will free his country. But once they're free, I guess I w- if I was Kim, my biggest worry would be like once the people know they're free, and even though I set them free, I was also the one that held them down. And once they're free, they're going to come back and get me. And they're going to make me pay for my crimes. And they're going to lynch me. So even though you're free, 
I'm going to get it. They're going to they're going to come back. I'll be a hero the day I let you free. But then a week later, when you're free, you're going to go, oh, yeah, let's get that guy that kept us down and killed half our families. Right. So unless Kim gets to a place where he's willing to see the bigger picture and have a Jesus moment and crucify himself for his people and go, you know what? Fuck it. I can't fight this any longer. I know I'm going to get lynched. I know I'm going to get tried. I'm going to get hung. But at least I'll go down in history as the guy that set everybody free. And maybe Trump goading him and, and showing him the way and, and trying to reach out and act like they're buddies is going to be more effective. I mean, look, it's already stopped a lot of things and has produced a lot of things that I mentioned earlier that no other president was able to achieve. And this is in two and a half years this has happened. I mean, it's pretty damn remarkable. And then the other side of the argument is, oh, I hate you. It's so dangerous and you're bowing down and you're, you're okay. Well, what do you, what's your solution then? After 60, 70, 80 years of the same crap, what's your new plan? You're just going to keep doing what we've been doing? That's what I was saying earlier. It's just so things have got to change. So anyways, enough about me. Roger, did you say Kim Jong-un is, is calling in? Yeah, we got him before. He loves the Harland Highway. You know, he, he, he's very selective about the stuff he gets in his country. And I guess the Harland Highway is one of the things. So just by luck, we have Kim Jong-un calling in. And why don't we ask him how he feels about Donald Trump and, and this, this gesture, this handshake over the border, Donald stepping onto North Korean terra firma. And, uh, and let's go. Let's Enough of me blabbering. Put him through. Uh, Roger, Kim, is he on? Yeah, good. Put him on. Kim Jong-un on the line to the Harlan Highway. Uh, hello? Hey, hello? Hello? Hey, Chairman Kim. Yeah, that's right. You got me. Who did? Uh, this is Harlan Williams, Chairman Kim. We, we spoke before. You're on the Harlan Highway podcast. Oh, I like that. I listen to that all the time. Funny stuff. Super funny, power funny. Oh, well, thank you, uh, Chairman. And uh, I know it's been an interesting uh, past couple of days for you, that's for sure. Well, only mostly uh, yeah, yesterday with the big one. You know, before that, we had a ramp up. We had what we call a ramping up to the big one. Yeah, uh, you, you got a tweet or you saw a tweet, for, obviously, from the president. Yeah, Donnie sent out a tweet. I'm sorry, who? Donnie. Donnie? Yeah, that's right. Donnie sent out a tweet. Excuse me. Hold on, Chair. You, you, you call him, you call the president Donnie? Yeah, that's right. I call him Donnie and he called me Kimmy. Kimmy? Yeah, that's right. Donnie and Kimmy, sometimes we talk late at night. He come home from the Arby's drive-thru and we talk. He go, hey, Kimmy, it's Donnie. And I go, hey, Donnie, it's Kimmy. How are you? <laughs> wow, really? Wow, that's... So that you guys really do have a, a, a friendship. Oh yeah, yeah. Donnie come over to he step over the line at the, the DM at the DMV. The DMV? Or whatever the fuck you call that place. The the the, the DMC, the demilitarized zone there? Yeah, whatever you call it, you know. Well you said the DMV, which is where people get their driver's license. Oh, you don't wanna talk to me about driver license. I mean, are you kidding me? I'm North Korean. 
Well, let's not stereotype Asian drivers. Why not? I'm one of them. Holy fuck, I'll kill your whole fucking family, funny guy. Okay, what now? Come on, you're not that bad. You kidding me? I live in a country where I'm the supreme leader. I can run over families left, right, and center. I drive like I got a blindfold on my face and a fucking pumpkin over my head. Are you cray-cray? Am I what? Cray-cray. Cray-cray? Yeah, you heard me. Well, no, but it's... Okay, I'm sorry that you're a bad driver. Oh, whatever. It's okay. I'm supreme leader. I could do whatever I want. I could drive through someone's living room if I want. Well, you're not going to drive through someone's living room. Oh, you're going you're gonna to tell me what I can and can't do, funny guy? I'll do it right fucking now. I get in my fucking Prius or my Passat. Don't think I don't have two cars. Wait, you have two cars? Yeah, I just said I got a Prius. Okay, a Prius. And a Passat. A Passat? Yeah, whatever that car is, sound like a silent fart. A silent fart? Yeah, you try say it. Passat. Yeah, excuse you. You just did silent fart. Well, okay, so you can... I can do whatever I want. If I want to buy a Mac fucking truck and drive to someone's living room, I could do it. I could run over family. I could run over television set if they have one. <laughs> Not many people have a television set in North Korea, funny guy. Well, you're not going to run over families. Oh, you, is that a challenge? Because I gave my fucking facade right now. I run over fucking... I know Kimmy Long Wow. I know Johnny Chi Hawk. I know uh, Ming Mong Hao Kao. And uh, Willa Wong Kung Tai Tai down on uh, Lukiwaki Street. I run, over all, I, I run over four fucking families. You try to tell me what to do, funny face. No, 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 no. Don't run over any families. For God's sake, can we get back to tell us about you and Donald Trump? Oh, I could sum that up in one word. Pardon me? I could sum it up in one word. You can sum it up in one word? Yeah, that's right. Okay. A bromance. What is it? A bromance. Me, Me and Donnie got a bromance going. You and Donald Trump have a bromance. Yeah, we beat BBF or whatever the fuck you say in Paris Hilton, whatever Paris Hilton call it. A BBF? Yeah, whatever that fucking dumbass Paris Hilton. I think she say BBF or some fucking stupid thing, you know, so I thought she go fucking say I go fucking say it. Well, you, can, all right, yeah, people might not like if you're calling American citizens fucking stupid. Well, you tell me, uh, you think that fucking blonde bombshell know what 5 plus 5 is? Well, I'm sure she does. I don't think she fucking do, okay? Okay, dummy? Okay, don't get excited, Kim. Well, you t- don't tell me what to do. I got a bromance going with the most powerful guy on the planet Earth. You have a bromance going with the most powerful guy on the planet Earth. Yeah, so you don't uh, tell me what what, okay? I tell you what what, fun boy. If you could stop saying fun in front of everything. Oh, you just try to tell me what to do again. See, maybe I'll come and run over your family. Look, what is going on with you and Donald? Me and Donnie, we bros, okay? We, we got a bromance going with Bohemians, with Brofests, with Brosephios, with Double Brosos. 
we we bro we have a bromance is what we have. We have the bromance, me and Donnie Don. You and Donnie you and you and Donnie Don? You and Donald Trump have a bromance. Yeah, that's right. And so I see Donnie's tweet and he invite me to come to the DMV. The D whatever. And so I say to my team, I say, let get me dressed up. Let me do my hair like a pineapple. I get my barber and I say, he said, how you want your hair today, Greg? And Parade, I say, why don't you shave it like a pineapple that have been sitting out in the sun in Hawaii and have fucking locusts eat the side of it? What? Are you, you're saying your haircut looks like a pineapple that locusts have eaten the sides? Yeah, and that's a compliment. What do you mean it's a compliment? Oh, well, I'm not allowed to compliment myself? Well, I guess so. You're fucking right I am. I'm the fucking supreme leader, my friend. Okay, settle down. Holy God. So, I do my hair. I put my black robe on with all the buttons up and down the front. Isn't it fancy? Well, I don't know if I'd call it fancy. Well, maybe you better call it fancy or I run over your fucking family. Ha <laughs> ha Yeah, yeah. It looks like traditional North Korean wear. Oh, you call, you're calling me traditional now, huh, fun boy? No, I just mean it's customary. Look, that is a silk suit. I got that custom made. That made out of little boy and little girl hair. Your suit is made out of little boy and little girl's hair. Yeah, that's right. Because they got the softest hair. One year old and two year old, and we pull the fucking hair out of the little North Korean head, and we make fucking custom made clothes for the great emperor. You're making your clothing out of the, the scalp, the hair of young two and three year old North Korean children? Yeah, it's so soft. When you come visit, you rub your hand on it, but don't stay on it too long. Don't want it to get all oily. <laughs> wow. So I say, I accept Donnie's invitation. Donnie say, why don't we come? We just have a handshake. No meeting, no, no looking in each other's eyes. You know, we just have a meeting. We say hello. And it's all friendly. Me and Donnie, Donnie and Kimmy together. Yeah, it was pretty historic. And did you know that he was going to step over the boundary line? I mean, that... That was pretty dramatic. I got to say, uh, Emperor Kim, when, when Donald Trump was standing there and... And did you notice how long he hold my hand? I mean, you know, one thing is a handshake. Okay, handshake take what? Maybe one and a half second, maybe? Okay, so Donnie take my hand and he not let go. What happened in there, fun boy? Well, it's, it's, it's an affirmative handshake. It, it's just, it's, it's you know... I guess because it's such a monumental meeting that, that he, you know, you just, you, you hold it and it, it's for probably for a, a press moment and it's... Oh, no, because what you don't know is underneath on the palm of my hand, right? He take his middle finger, right, middle finger, and he's rubbing it up and down on the palm of my hand. He's flicking it, flicking it like a scorpion's tail. Flick, 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 and I almost stop giggling. I'm like, hee, Kimmy start almost giggling. He like a little schoolgirl, like a little North Korean schoolgirl, funny guy. Well, are you telling me that the leader of the, the 
Donald Trump was tickling your fi- finger under your... What? You're getting all confused, bum boy. You said he was tickling your palm with his middle finger as you were shaking hands. Oh, yeah. And then if you notice, you see he grabbed my elbow and he gave it a little squeeze. I mean, that's the type of thing I saw on 16 Candle. Molly Ringwald do that when she out on a date in the, in the 16 Candle movie. You're comparing the... Donald Trump grabbed your elbow. That's right. And you're comparing that to a moment from the movie 16 Candles. Yeah. When Molly Ringwald was on a date in a in a car. Oh, it's such a romantic moment. Molly Ringwald with those big giant horse teeth and the freckles. She looked like Pippi Longstocking got, you know, banged by Donnie Osmond or something. I mean, look at that face. Whoa, do you got a... That's not very polite. Yeah, well, what you gonna do? I got 500 nuclear missiles. You got a problem there, fucking beanstalk face? Whoa, okay. So so then you're standing there and Donnie, Donald is... He, he, he asks if you, if, if you want him to come over. Oh, he's so polite. He's so polite all the time. He like, it's like, you know, he said, would you like me to come over? Would you like me to step into your country? You know, you want to step over the line. Maybe you, you know, you slide across. Maybe you, maybe I said to Donnie, I whisper in his ear, I said, you know, I really like that Michael Jackson. Would you mind doing the moonwalk across the, the line? You asked Donald Trump to moonwalk over the line into North Korea. Yeah, and I was going to sing, Barry Jean, not my rather. <laughs> or maybe I think, call he the thriller, thriller night. Oh, do 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 Can you stop singing thriller? No, because that's how he moonwalked. Kim Jong-un started, do 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 It's close to midnight, and Donnie's going to walk across the line. What? Would you knock it off? Have you been drinking? Oh, maybe I have. Maybe I haven't. Maybe I've fucking been smoking opium out of fucking someone's skull. How about that? Smoking opium out of someone's skull. Yeah, don't put it past me, fun boy. Sir, so when he cr- when he crossed the border, how was it? How did it feel to have the, the you know, really, if you think about it, your nemesis... The leader of the free world, the leader of democracy, standing in your uber hermit kingdom, a communist regime. Well, why, why we got to put labels on everything, you know? You want to put labels, you go to the grocery store and put labels on a bottle of ketchup or a can of peaches, but you don't need to put labels on old Kimmy. Well, let's call a spade a spade. And let's call me driving to your fucking living room with a Mack truck, a fucking slaughterhouse. How about that, fun boy? Okay. So when he came across, how did it feel? Oh, it felt... You ever seen Old Faithful and the water spout up in the sky? Yes, Old Faithful, yes. I felt like that, but in my underpants. Holy fuck! Can you watch the, the language? Well, you know, you know, it never happened before. And Donnie come over to meet Kimmy. And I don't know if I should tell you this next part or not. Well, you've told us everything else. Okay. 
I was asking Donnie. I had some of my soldiers hiding in the bushes. You had some of your soldiers hiding in the bushes. Yes, but not for military action. I have soldiers in the bushes with musical instruments. Wait a minute, what? Yeah, that's right. You heard Kimmy right. I had musical instruments, my soldiers, and I was going to ask Donnie... <laughs> kind of shy to say it, but I was going to ask Donnie, you know, and have my soldiers start playing the song if he want to slow dance to Stairway to Heaven by Red Zeppelin. By Red Zeppelin? Led Zeppelin? Yeah, that's right. You know the song is 11 minute long, Red Zeppelin, they play Stairway to Heaven. You were going to ask Donald Trump to slow dance to Stairway to Heaven as he crossed over. Why not? He already grabbed my elbow like Molly Ringwald. He already tickled me pink with his finger. I mean, we have a bromance, bro. Okay, well, good Lord. I mean, this just sounds... Oh, hold on. Hold, what? Hold on. What? Yeah, we're going to do a missile test now. Okay. Where we going to do it? Yeah, well... Why don't we point it at Chicago? I don't like that city very much. Hold on. What, what are you saying? I said, hold on, we're planning a missile test. What the hell? Yeah, how about... Yeah, let's do Chicago, and then maybe we fire one over San Francisco? Maybe, yeah, San Francisco, maybe... Maybe Buffalo. Buffalo, that's a dirty city. Yeah, let's shoot one over Buffalo, and then we do Chicago first. And then we do... Chairman Kim! Hold on a second. I'm planning the fucking mission of the missile shoot. What the fuck? And then let's go over... Yeah, let's do Buffalo last. I like, like to do Buffalo last. Okay, you line it up. Okay, I say goodbye to this fucking funny boy. Hello? Yeah, I, I heard all that, Emperor. Oh, fuck, you heard nothing. You heard nothing. No, we're we going to erase that on the tape. This isn't a tape, it's a phone call. Yeah, well, blow me, okay? Blow me? Yeah, that's right. What you gonna do, fun boy? Oh, my God. L listen, Emperor. Yeah, whatever. I gotta go. I gotta, so, you know, I go. Oh, uh, I got a dinner. We got a, a big dinner going, and I gotta go, uh, go have the dinner for diplomat. No, you said, I heard you. You said you're going to test some nuclear missiles. Oh, you're hearing things. You're so, you're so excited about me and Donnie, and you're just making thing up. No, I heard you. It was a live line. Okay, I gotta go. I got the calling me for dinner. What's that? Oh, I'll be right there. <laughs> okay, goodbye, funny guy. Go get a can of Pringles and fuck yourself. How about that, you asshole? Wait, wait what? What the hell? What? Get a can of Pringles. What is... Roger, what the hell just happened? That guy is out of control. Oh, is he? Oh, my God. That that was ridiculous. What? You know what, Roger? I need to go to the cafeteria. I'm going to get a Coke or something, play a phone call or something while I just clear my head, and then we'll come back and take a phone call. Oh, my God. What? That guy's nuts. Holy crap. Hello? Hey, Harlan, this is Tony in Pasadena. I just wanted to say I heard your episode on Clinton. Clinton was your guest, and, and your, your question of the day was to gloat over the Mueller report. I, I, 
it's weird because I asked myself, after all of this investigation, after all of this uh, activity regarding Trump and Russia, is there anyone who still believes it was a hoax? And yes, there is. It's you. You still believe the whole Russia-Trump thing was a hoax, and everything that's come out is exactly the opposite. Mueller, have you read any of the Mueller report that says there was contact between Trump and Russia? Have you seen how many people have gone to jail that were part of the Trump campaign and worked with Russia and other foreign governments? It's the opposite of a hoax. A hoax has no basis. This had basis. I don't understand it. You've completely deluded yourself. Please read the Mueller report and try to convince yourself it was all made up by the Democrats. It was, there, was no, there was no connection. It's not a hoax, Harlan. I'm so sorry you feel that way. I'm so sorry you have deluded yourself. The Russian bots have gotten to you. The Russian bots are in your head, Harlan. That's all I got to say. Thank you. We are controlling your mind, we, we control your mind, Mr. Williams. We are the Russian robots. We now take control of your mind, Mr. Williams. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, my God. What a great phone call. So this is the part, gang. I, although I did get a little political earlier. It wasn't. It was more political about North Korea. This, this is the portion where all you people who can't handle a difference of opinion can, can shut it off, can get out, can... You know, or if you if you want to hear it and get heated up and animated or just listen to a, a reasonable conversation, whatever, you're entitled to it. But I, I want to give you a fair warning. This is where I get into it with the uh, with the whole Trump thing. So. Um, so, first of all, don't 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 feel sorry for me. Don't don't say you're sorry for me. I'm I'm perfectly fine. Believe me, I'm I'm fine where I stand and I appreciate your phone call. Um, and, uh, thank you. I can tell you're passionate and you're heated up about it, which is, which is kind of cool, which is great. Um, but as far as the Mueller report, let's just get that out of the way. I have not read one word of it. My, my wonderful caller. Have you? Hmm. Interesting silence. Have you read one word of it? Have you read the Mueller report? Have you sat down and read 500 pages of the Mueller report? I doubt you've read one paragraph of the Mueller report, unless it was on a prompter on CNN or Fox or wherever you get your news from. And if you have read it, I don't want to be presumptuous. If you, if you have read the Mueller report, good for you. I hope you enjoyed it, but I have a sneaky feeling you haven't read it. Neither have I. I don't intend to. I don't want to because... I don't want to waste my time on something that so clearly, in my personal opinion, is such a con job and a hoax and a joke that I won't I won't dedicate my time to it. I just don't believe in any of it. I, I, I watched both sides of the story. I don't know about you. You sound like you're a pretty livid uh, Hillary and Democrat supporter, so... I, I, I get from history, from people I know, that very often people who watch CNN and MSNBC and read the New York Times and everything refuse to watch Fox. They're repulsed by it. They think it's, it's, it's Nazism. They, they refuse to watch, which to me is to their detraction because they're not getting an alternative opinion of the facts. Whereas I, my friend 
watch all mediums. I watch Fox. I watch CNN. I watch NBC. I read articles from from uh, newspapers that are are very left leaning. So I feel that I have a robust and a full comprehension of what's happening in the media, the, the way the media is playing it. One side's obviously playing it one way, one side's playing it another way, and another side, I think, shoots right down the middle and just kind of delivers the facts and doesn't get into all the personal opinion stuff, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I believe in the, uh, I believe that all that stuff is just, uh, like, manufactured and, and made up to undermine a president that I said earlier uh, is blowing up the system. And the system doesn't want to be blown up. The system is protected. The, the system is a nest that has been very, very carefully built by a lot of birds of prey with sharp claws and strong, powerful beaks. And they don't want the nest being invaded. They don't want the nest being turned over. They don't want the nest being knocked out of the tree. They're all happy. They all laid their eggs in the nest. They they want to, they have a nice high perch where they look down on the rest of the country and they decide how they want to move it and how they wanna how they wanna leverage it. And uh, and as far as I'm concerned, it's it has not been in the best interest of the country. It's been in the best interest of these political parties. So here comes this guy. He's a radical, he's not even a politician. He's a gifted guy at, at making deals and dealing with people. And uh, the only way you're going to defeat that is to manipulate and undercut and try and destroy and vilify and lie and all this stuff. Um, I don't believe that the Russians got in. When did you ever even hear the word Russian until Donald Trump got in? And unless you're picturing Donald Trump and his sons and his daughter and his, his stepson and people on his team like in a back alley or calling the Russians or, I mean, good Lord. Okay, so I don't believe all that happened. And then, and then you get this report about Russian collusion and, and electorate manipulation and the whole thing's about Donald Trump. They didn't, they didn't turn over one stone. They didn't lift one leaf to look into what Hillary did. Why isn't Hillary mentioned in the report? Have you ever bleach bit or acid washed your emails, my friend? No? Do you know anybody that's ever acid washed their emails? No. Why would you acid wash emails? Okay. Do you know what acid wash means? That means destroy them in perpetuity. Yeah. You took your hard drive and you hired a company to bleach bit to acid wash your emails. Why would you do that? What are you hiding? According to Hillary, it was wedding invitations and yoga meetings. Isn't that interesting? And then on top of that, my friend from Pasadena, the emails weren't just emails. There was over 33,000 emails. Okay. 33,000. Have you ever bleached bit even one email? I don't know anybody that has or would. Oh, and did I mention the emails were under subpoena by the government? The emails were subpoenaed by the government. And she bleached bit them 
They didn't ask for her computer. They didn't go into her computer. She smashed her cell phone. She smashed her tablets. So why wasn't any of that brought up in Mueller's report if they're looking for collusion? Why Did you know that Hillary Clinton paid for the Steele dossier? Steele being a, a British spy who claims he overheard the Russians talking to someone in Donald Trump's uh, election party? She bought and paid for that dossier? She paid millions of dollars for that from the Russians through a British spy, through a foreign spy? I could go on and on and on, dude. I'm not going to relitigate the, uh, the, um, the Mueller report. But my God, dude. It's like if you're going to do a full investigation into espionage and, and, and Russian interference into this into this election, why wouldn't you do both sides? When you already have, you know, incriminating evidence on Hillary's side. You, you have admitted factual findings of, of acid-washed emails. They've admitted to paying for the dossier that incriminated Trump that was never verified, that they used to get FISA warnings to to listen in on thousands of Americans. See, if I were you, and I'm not telling you how to think, but if I were you, I would be more scared of that narrative. I would be more scared that the government was listening in on hundreds, if not thousands of people using FISA warrants to get that permission, using FISA warrants that were predicated on a false, unverifiable dossier that was bought and paid for by Hillary Clinton. I'm much more concerned about that type of game than someone saying or, or trying to prove that Donald Trump was talking to Russians. By the way, you're allowed to talk to Russians. You're allowed to talk to anyone. As long as you're not getting like uh, material that's illegal to accumulate. All these guys talk to Russians and, and foreign governments. And I could, we could go on and on. I don't want to have a, a media fight. I don't want to have CNN versus Fox versus this, Dem versus Republican. But I've said it before, man. I, I just, uh, if, you re- if, you, if that's what you believe, dude, I respect it. Good for you. Go keep believing. Okay, keep believing that Donald Trump was on the phone with Vladimir Putin and Vladimir Putin somehow through Facebook convinced millions of Americans in middle America to vote for Donald Trump. Meanwhile, you had Hillary Clinton, who was pretty much absent her whole campaign. She did about 12 interviews. She didn't go a lot to a lot of the districts she should have. I mean, I could go on and on. Donald Trump was a workhorse. He had giant rallies. He had giant support. He was delivering a message about America and how he wants to bring it back to life and make it prosper and on and on and on. And, you know, anyways, I don't, I don't want to get into a, an election fight with you, but if you believe that, that, that the Russians manipulated the election through Donald Trump, go ahead and believe it. But just remember, Donald Trump wasn't the president when all this Russian stuff had to have happened. It didn't start the day Donald Trump decided to 
run for election. If there was Russian shenanigans happening, it was happening all through Barack Obama's tenure as president. Why didn't he do anything about it? Why did you never hear the word Russia? Did you ever hear the word Russia when he was a president? The only time you heard the word Russia was in Barack ran for his second term, and he had a debate with Mitt Romney, and Mitt Romney stated that the Russians were America's most dangerous adversary, and Barack Obama made this snide remark saying, you know, he, he quoted uh, Back to the Future and said, uh, hey, uh, hey, Mitt, it's the 80s calling. They, the, the, we got the Cold War on line three or some, some stupid, uneducated, snide remark. Meanwhile, Mitt Romney was right, and all this Russian activity, so-called Russian activity, was happening. I mean, good Lord, dude, they've done, they've done four investigations into this, okay? Mueller had, I don't know how many lawyers, like 40 lawyers, all of them Democrats that were anti-Trump, okay? They had $40 million. And by the way, dude, you paid for it. How do you feel about paying for $40 million for nothing? I hope you feel good about, you know, putting your hard-earned money on the table for that. $40 million over two years. And Trump, and if you don't believe me, look it up. Trump did not, did not take any executive privilege to stop any of it. Every witness they asked for, he gave them. Every document they asked for, he gave them. He gave them over 500 witnesses. He gave them over a million documents. And this is all factual. I'm not making this up. He gave answers in writing. He didn't do a verbal question and answer period because you know as well as I do, they were trying. They would try to word it up so that he would say something that would make it look like he committed perjury. And as far as all those people, I think it was 12 people that have gone to jail during Mueller's probe. Well, why don't you look it up? Not one of those convictions is based on any connection to Russia. All of those convictions are based on, on General Flynn was supposedly caught lying, which is perjury. Paul Manafort went to jail because of, of tax and oversee money evasions, money laundering. Uh, Papadopoulos went to jail because he was convicted of talking to uh, someone or, or something. I don't know. But look it up. None, none of them went to jail because they were convicted of co coercing with the Russians. So I don't know. I, I don't know how well versed you are in all of it. I don't know if you're an armchair guy. If you read the, an article here or there, you talk about it with your friends at a coffee shop or you, you glance at the news every now and then. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm smarter than you or dumber than you or more informed than you, but I'm pretty on it. Like, I, I watch the news like, for some reason, this fascinates me. It, it interests me. And so I watch the news like nightly. I watch like two or three hours of news. I'm really immersed in this thing. So I've watched, I watch what CNN says. I watch what Fox says. Every now and then I watch what MS. MSNBC says I I don't really like that network just because I don't I don't think they're really delivering the news it's more fanfare but CNN's trying to deliver their version of it Fox is trying to deliver their version 
and I just decipher it on my own. I don't take anyone's word for it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think Fox has the answer. I don't think CNN has the answer. So I arrive at my own conclusions based on my gut, based on what I'm hearing, based on what I'm seeing. And so Mueller does this lengthy, lengthy report, and then they try to relitigate it, and there were some other reports that came out. And Mueller, at the end of this two-year, $40 million open-ended thing where he had all the, all the data and resources and manpower that, that anyone could ever dream of, they came up empty. And then you you leave me a message telling me that, oh, it's in, it's 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 absolutely conclusive that he was involved in in if if it's conclusive, then why didn't it say it's conclusive? What it said is there was no there was no collaboration, there was no uh, interference. Uh, unless I'm here, unless I'm watching TV on another planet, I'm not I'm not trying to make you look bad, bro. But I'm I'm just going by what I hear. Maybe I heard it wrong. I don't think so. In fact, I know so. But I don't know how well-versed you are. Maybe you're, maybe you're a scholar. Maybe you're a political scholar, and I'm the idiot. I don't know. But I'm, I'm just sticking to the facts, and what I find with this with the case is a lot of people get so emotional because so many people hate Donald Trump. They can't see beyond their blind rage, so they, they will an outcome. I mean, all I can do is is all I can do is turn this around on you. And I say, dude, what if this was you? Okay, what if what if and take Donald Trump out of the equation and put yourself in that position? What if this was you? And they did all these investigations, there was all this finding and all these fantastical accusations. And and the results came back null and void. And then everyone just kept saying, oh, but it's, oh, it's, it's there, it's there. Wait, you're not reading it properly. Unredacted. Well, they unredacted 99% of it. And by the way, they, they, they left a chamber. There's a private chamber somewhere in Washington where special members of whatever the, the party is or whatever the, the, the board is, I don't know what it's called, the House of Means Commission or whatever it is, um, there's a special room where Democrats can go and look at a fully 100% unredacted version of the Mueller report so that they can see every single line because some of it's top secret. They're not allowed to to reveal it. It would be against the law. And guess what? None of them have gone and done it. And you know why none of them none of them have gone and done it? Because they know it's just it's just bogus. They know the what's the point? Why would they go and read something when they already know the outcome? So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm totally wrong, bro. But what I believe is that this whole thing was put on Donald Trump because they thought they were gonna win and they didn't. But to make sure he didn't win, they started this whole thing. Hillary was already knee-deep in it. They let her off the hook, okay? And then once Donald did win and shocked them, they thought, oh, man, we've got we've to undermine it. It's called a coup. They tried, they, tried to, they tried to undermine the presidency and delegitimize it and get him out of there. And that, to me, is way more scary than all this fantasy stuff about Donald Trump was on the phone late at night with with 
with Vladimir Putin and all these Russian operatives to steal the election. Are you are you hearing yourself? Uh, what what's Donald's got a team? What what's his 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 uh, his his election team is what? Sixty people, fifty people, a hundred people. What are they on the phone later? Hi, this is Team Trump. Uh, hey, why don't you vote for uh, why don't you vote for Donald? This is the Russians calling. Uh, or you're on Facebook. Oh, here's here's a post about. Oh, I guess we should vote for Donald Trump. Uh, Vladimir and or you know, really. You really really think that the Russians got through to everybody? How did you vote, bro? Did, did you just vote on your intelligence and your conscience? Probably. Your passion? Sure, that's what I did. At any point during the election cycle, did you ever think Russians were trying to get into your brain? I mean, what century are we living in here? Are you joking? So I don't know, man. You you came at me with this phone call, and you're entitled to it. And and you know, if you, if you want to keep believing there's a big Russian spy thing going on, and the Russians controlled this, and you know, who's to say then that the Russians didn't control Bar- the election with Barack Obama? Why why would they just focus on Trump? May, maybe the Russians uh, helped Barack get in. How about that? Who knows? It's just all so stupid. And, and the Russians have been, like, since the Berlin Wall came down, we haven't heard a thing about Russia. And as soon as Donald Trump rolls in, this, this rogue cowboy maverick politician outside of the box, outside of the system, suddenly Russia's back again, who we've never heard of. It's just, I hate to say it, bro, but to me, and I could be wrong, but to me, it's just manipulation. It's a game. It's like they throw keywords out there and they they, they they play the public like like marionettes and they go, what, what will get the public on our side? What will get the public thinking that Donald Trump's no good and a liar and a bad guy and illegitimate? Oh, yeah. Here's an oldie from the 70s. How about the Russians? That'll be great. Yeah, let's let's bring the Russians back into it. But how do we do that? Well, we we say that seven members of of Donald Trump's election team were were chatting to the Russians in back alleys and on secret phone apps. And I mean, look, look at what they've got. When you look at Donald Trump Jr. had a at a boardroom meeting with some Russian and 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 and. Papanopoulos was overheard talking to someone in a bar in in Turkey and like like it's not like there's mountains of like hey they found tons of documents and they've got video footage and they've got audio recordings and they're I mean there's really nothing but they built this whole thing it's all it's all hyperbole and they've whipped everyone up and I hate to say it and I could be wrong but I think you got sucked into the con job bro and I would be much more concerned about your country, the United States, being manipulated from within and uh, that people are trying to uh, do things that are really crooked and, you know, steal, steal an election or make, make people think an election was stolen. It's, it's just, it's very dangerous. It's very, very dangerous and... Uh, you can believe whatever you want. I'm I'm sorry that you I'm not sorry, but I'm I'm I don't know what I am, but the fact that you think I'm so like 
you know, off track and, and confused and okay, well, don't, don't cry for me, man. I'm, I'm not going to cry for you. You can believe what you want and I'll believe what I want. And, uh, you know, I hope history will, will unveil it all. I think it's starting to come out more and more where we're starting to see what is, is happening. But if you're only watching one news source, like if you're a CNN guy or a New York Times guy or whatever, I would, I would recommend that you open yourself up like I have and watch both sides. And, and even if you don't like one side, at least listen and see if there's something there. Maybe, maybe not, but you know, you go, you go, boy, you do, you do what you believe what you want to believe, man. I'm not going to stand in your way. This is America. You can believe what you want, but I don't know, man. So yeah, there's my answer. And, uh, it's not a hoax, Harlan. I'm so sorry you feel that way. I'm so sorry you have deluded yourself. The Russian bots have gotten to you. The Russian bots are in your head, Harlan. That's all I got to say. Thank you. And uh, we'll just leave it there, man. I do appreciate the call. I, I respect your passion. It, it, you know, it's so weird in these times when, you know, it, it's weird because we used to live in a time where, you know, you got the six o'clock news and the, the whole Russian story and all that stuff would have been a, a six minute soundbite on the, the six o'clock evening news. And what, what the problem is now is with social media and cable, you can just, you can watch and hear and get, get snippets and information and sound bites all day, all night, 24 hours, seven days a week. So people get way more immersed in this stuff. People get impassioned and, uh, and t- people take sides and I really am not taking a side, but I, you know, I, I'm taking a side in terms of the facts and in, in terms of what I see in front of me and what I, what I decipher to be fair and unfair and real and fake and so on and so on. So obviously, my friend from Pasadena, you, you have a different perception. And uh, I, I won't be surprised if you do until the day you die. Like, why would you change, right? But you never know. And uh, maybe one day I'll change. If I see something that I find more convincing, maybe I'll change. But where I sit now, I, I just don't see it, man. So uh, I guess we'll just respectfully agree to disagree. And uh, thank you for the, the call because, you know, it's always fun to have a little debate and exchange, uh, exchange points of view. But don't feel sorry for me. I don't feel sorry for you. We just, you know, believe what we believe and carry on. Whew. Okay. Uh, so let's end it there. We can't we can't top that. I mean, we had Kim Jong-un. We got this. We got... Um, let me see. Do I have any stand-up? Oh, I got to tell you about next week. Holy jumping. So next week there will be no podcast because I am flying to Saudi Arabia. I'm going to do some stand-up comedy in Saudi Arabia. Can you believe it? Holy jumping. Saudi Arabia. So I won't be able to uh, do my podcast next week just because obviously I'm going to be in a very different place and time and world. And and I will give you a full report when I get back. So we're going to miss a week. Or what I might do is if I can get it in 
early next week, like maybe on a Monday or a Tuesday, I might try to do it, but we might miss a week or a cycle, as I call it. So don't cry. It'll, it'll give you time to digest all this Russian Mueller report collusion stuff. Um, so there you go. And as I said, we are coming down to like three more episodes, man. Three more episodes of the Harland Highway. And uh, just so you know, I've been working hard and long on my, um, on my newer project, which I can't wait to tell you about soon. And, uh, and there you go. So uh, unless you're in Saudi Arabia, I'll, I'll catch you in a couple of weeks. And uh, hope you're having a great summer, everyone. Be safe out there. Have fun. Love each other regardless of where you stand. And uh, until next time, chicken. Chow man, baby.